south of the border, down Mexico way. That's where I fell in love when the stars above came out to play. And now as I wander. Hello there, all you expat wannabes. I'm Johnny Mueller, and you're listening to The Expat Files, Living in Latin America, the show that tells you just what it's like to live, work, play, and or retire down here in Latin America. It's a mix of the good, the bad, the ugly, and the great, and it's all right here, so let's get started. Quick announcement. As this show first goes out on February 9th, 2024, that means you have one day to get in on the early bird discounts for my March 2024 Expat Insider Seminar. The early bird discounts end on February 10th. You could still sign up after that. But then the seminar goes back to the regular price. Now, if you haven't heard about the seminar, it's a week long. will take place in both Guatemala and El Salvador. That means we'll be in the Altiplano, where it's perfect spring-like weather all year round. And the rest of the time in the lowlands of El Salvador, where it's always tropical weather and pretty hot. Yep, we'll be going to El Salvador, where President Bukele got elected again just this week. The safest country in the Western Hemisphere, if not the free world. Though most people who throw around that term, the free world, don't get what it really means, because the free world certainly ain't what it used to be. What's so free about a country like the U.S. during COVID, saying, no jab, no job? What's so free about Europe, the U.S., Canada, where they arrested protesting truckers and locked up their bank accounts? Then there's Australia, where during COVID, they confined you to your house for days, even weeks at a time. Yeah, right. And they call it the free world. You say the wrong thing on Facebook twaddle, or you uh, say the wrong thing at your job, you get fired. And, of course, canceled. What's the wrong thing? Well, it usually turns out to be the truth. What's that old saying? A lie goes halfway around the world before the truth gets its pants on? Come on, isn't that enough reason to get that plan B going, get the hell out of Dodge? Which brings us back to my March 2024 Expat Insider Seminar. So then what's it all about? Well, put it this way. You'll get a two to five year head start on your plan B. And best of all, connect with a nice network of expats and people in the know who you can lean on for the right advice once you move down. Sign up now and get $500 off. That's the early bird discount. For all the details and sign up information, go to expatplanb.com and click on the seminar link. Speaking of getting that plan B underway and getting the hell out of Dodge, here's an email from Sander in Kansas. He says, Johnny, I'm getting out of Dodge. I'll be out by this summer. That means I won't be in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. (laughs) All right, me Johnny here. Anyone who got that reference, my hat's off to you. (laughs) Anyway, he goes on to say, heading to El Salvador first. If I like it there, I'll stay. So, Johnny, what? Was the straw that broke the camel's back for me? Well, for starters, a new UC Berkeley Institute of Government Studies poll that I just couldn't believe, along with a recent CBS UGov poll, found that nearly half of all respondents, more than 10,000 of them, agreed with Donald Trump that immigrants are poisoning the blood of this country, lending credence to the notion that Americans are getting really pissed off about the immigration problem. Well, that's an understatement. Then he says, listen, Johnny, I'm in Kansas, far away from the California and Texas border. Yet I discovered a bunch of illegals sleeping in my garden one morning. One fine day, looking out my kitchen window at 7 a.m., there they were, McDonald's wrappers and all. I thought, what the hell? I walked out with my shotgun in hand. They scattered all right. But now every time I open my eyes, when I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking, 
Better look out that kitchen window. I just can't get that out of my mind. We're supposed to live like this? We're supposed to be okay with this? People trespassing on your property? Camping in your garden? I'm not anti-legal immigration. I'm anti-invasion immigration. But it's no use, Johnny. We're done for. It's time to take down the Statue of Liberty, or at least change the letters of the plaque that says, give me your tired, hungry, etc., etc. But that won't happen. Next thing you know, some fool in Congress, some woke political parasite, aren't they all, will pass some stupid equity bill and have those letters on that plaque translated into Spanish and Arabic. Think that won't happen? I hate to mention it. Don't want to give them any ideas. Everyone seems to know the underlying plan is to get them into the country and they'll all vote Democrat. Funny how when you say those things, the truth, people think you're a Trumper. I'm a nothinger. Like you, Johnny, I'm not voting for anybody. I think giving a vote to a corrupt system like that signals that you're okay with it, and I ain't. I've seen interviews with immigrants at the border. They've all been told or somehow believed that it's Biden and Obama that kept the border open for them. Yep, let's vote Democrat. Funny thing, though, if you talk to any Eastern Europeans above a certain age, the ones that lived under socialism in the Soviet bloc days, as well as Venezuelans and Cubans living in the U.S., they most exclusively vote Republican. Any whiff of socialism scares the hell out of them. But unfortunately, the U.S. has been infected with the cancer of socialism, with the biggest tumors of all to be found on American university campuses. That's why I can't wait to not be living in Kansas anymore. Signed, Sander. All right, Sander, thanks for that. But I am afraid it's a lot worse than you think. Just wondering, you guys and gals out there, have you seen the recent Tucker Carlson, Eric Weinstein interview? It's about an hour long. It came out on February 2nd, 2024. You can catch it on YouTube, where Eric Weinstein, you probably know who he is, right? He's a brilliant biologist. He really has a first-rate podcast. I listen to it all the time, called The Dark Horse Podcast. Anyway, he was on Tucker Carlson just a day or two ago. And he was talking about a trip he took down to Panama just a couple weeks ago to what's called the Darien Gap. That's Darien, D-A-R-I-A-N, Gap, G-A-P. You may have heard of it. You know, the Pan-American Highway goes from Alaska all the way down to Panama. And then just below Panama, connecting to Colombia, is a 50-mile jungle area with no road or anything. It's impassable except on foot. It's, in fact, a miserable and sometimes deadly adventure if you try to pass through. And then, suddenly, the Pan-American Highway starts up again in Colombia and goes all the way down to the tip of Argentina. So, following the rumors that 30,000 illegals per month are slipping through the Darien Gap, working their way up from South America and finally on through Mexico and to the States, Eric decided to check it out for himself. First of all, Eric couldn't believe that many people could possibly be slipping through because he knows Darien. It's one of the most unforgiving jungles on the planet. All mud and muck and insects and snakes and crocodiles for 50 continuous miles and not a single paved road. So then you might ask, what makes a biologist like Eric Weinstein qualified to go out and hang in Darien and check it all out? Well, because he lived in Panama for two years doing biological research in the jungle. He and his wife, and they know how to survive in the jungle. That's what they did. So anyway, he went down there with a journalist friend, and they found camps were set up by the UN and NGOs, well-organized migrant camps, on either end of the Darien Gap. In other words, South American illegals arrive at the Darien Gap, 
in northern Colombia. And suddenly, they find all these well-established migrant camps set up by U.S. NGOs, funded by guys like George Soros and the United Nations, where they give you maps, food, water, bedding, clothes, and tips and instructions on how to make your way through to the United States. You've got to see the pictures on that Tucker Carlson episode. Now, if you've been paying attention, you probably knew that already. So what's the big deal? We all knew there was an orchestrated plan to get as many illegals as possible into the States, right? Why not? It's a well-known fact that recent immigrants almost always vote Democrat. And of course, once they get there, the grapevine or the network sets them up with social security cards, driver's licenses, free health care, even debit cards. Plus, as you're aware, in many districts, they're allowed to vote now. But you knew that already, right? But here's the part you did not know, which is why I highly suggest you watch this Tucker Carlson episode. Turns out Eric Weinstein and his buddy had free access to those UN and NGO-funded migrant camps. They could just walk in and out, no problem, and interview people. And they did. And it probably won't be a surprise to you to find out that almost half of those people weren't Latin Americans at all. They were Africans, Indonesians, Indians from India, Asians, Middle Eastern Muslims, Jamaicans, Haitians, etc. So then the obvious question you ask is, how did they get there? How did they get to the Colombian side of the Darien Gap to the tune of 30000 a month? And half of them aren't even from South America. At least South Americans could take the train, bus, or walk there. The rest had to cross an ocean or two. How'd they pull that off? That's a big mystery in itself. Do you know the answer? And now, somehow, they got to make it through the jungle. And the ones that do, set foot in Panama. Then, northward, onto Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Mexico, until their final destination, the U.S., and possibly your garden. By the way, if you see this report, you'll find out every Central American country has made a backroom handshake deal to allow illegal aliens to pass through their country as long as they don't stay there and set up camp. As long as they continue on through and don't ask for asylum in that country. So the object is to stay on the move until, of course, you hit the U.S. border. In other words, migrants on the move don't need the proper paperwork, passports, or visas to pass through borders. They can just keep on moving north as long as they don't stay in that Latin American country. They keep moving up through Mexico and then on to the United States. Other Latin American countries don't want them, and they know if they stop them. They'll end up piling up in their countries using resources and become their problem. The whole idea is to let them pass through so they'll eventually be the U.S.'s problem. Of course, if you and I tried to get through a Latin American border without the proper paperwork, without a passport, etc., they'd stop us and put us in a holding cell. But if you're an illegal alien, they wave you right on through. Though, that might not surprise you either. But the following information just might. As mentioned, Eric Weinstein and his buddy were allowed to walk through those camps. No one stopped him. Remember now, they were on the Panama side. That means they only got to see the people who had already made it through the Darien Gap, the ones that successfully made the trek through the jungle. But here's the thing. One day, Eric and his buddy stumbled on another camp, a very nice camp. Everything was very orderly and well put together. But as they approached, local police would not let them near it. But they were able to clandestinely take some photos of the place. It was a migrant camp completely filled with Chinese people. 100% Chinese. None of them appeared to be impoverished or in desperate straits, like the Latinos and Africans and Arabs in the other camps. In the camps, they were just kind of allowed to roam in and out of. So then the question is, why 
these Chinese camps? Where'd they come from? And why were they not allowed to get near or ask any questions? Well, it turns out as they walk to one of the nearby towns, you know, once they're settled in these camps, people take off and go and buy stuff in nearby towns. So Eric and his buddy also did some wandering. They got to talking to some people, store patrons and Chinese people. Here's the thing. Those Chinese did not walk through the jungle. They weren't destitute like the others. They flew to South America with dough, a lot of dough. By the way, you're probably wondering how the Muslims and the Africans and the Chinese end up in South America to make the trek north to the States. Obviously, especially if you're coming from China or Africa, you have to have a visa to travel. That means you got to go to the embassy in your home country and apply for one. And if you tell them the truth that you're a political or economic refugee, they'll reject you. They'll only approve legitimate travelers with a decent and steady income. Well, there's a big loophole. That loophole is Ecuador. Turns out the country of Ecuador does not require you to have a visa to land there. And all the U.S.-bound migrants of the world know that. Just fly into Ecuador, get off the plane, start moving north, almost always by bus. Then, of course, once you get through Colombia to the Darien Gap, you've got to get past that 50 miles of jungle somehow. If you've got no money, you got to walk. However, if you have dough on you to the tune of thousands, there are nice, comfortable boats for hire. And that's how the Chinese get to the other side. By the way, Chinese have videos on their cell phones that show them exactly how to do the trip. Animated videos in Chinese showing a person exactly which kind of transportation to take from start to finish. By the way, the average cost for a Chinese person to do the entire trip is around 14000 bucks. Oh, and according to recent U.S. immigration data, a total of 24,314 Chinese citizens crossed the U.S. southern border between October 2022 and September 2023. Are you getting this? 24,000. Those are the official figures of the people that were actually processed through U.S. immigration. According to U.S. Border Patrol, the real figures could be three times that, since many people don't bother with the formal border crossings. By the way, if you go on Dickcock, you can see videos with step-by-step instructions on how to pay your 14000 bucks and make the trip. So effectively, the easiest way to make your way through the United States illegally, if you're not living on the continent, is to fly into Ecuador. By the way, there are certain charter flights from Asia, the Middle East, and Africa directly to Nicaragua and Central America. That's another immigration loophole as well. Now, it's not that Nicaragua is a visa-free country like Ecuador. It's that President Daniel Ortega of Nicaragua pretty much hates the U.S. and will do anything to hurt the U.S. One of the things that hurts the most is illegal immigration. He's told airport officials to look the other way when planes come in from certain countries. Like, for example, in just three months in 2023, 30,000 Haitians came through Nicaragua, which means those Haitians at least had enough money to buy the flight. Oh, and did you know that India, yeah, India, has launched its own investigation into a number of flights into Nicaragua, direct flights from India to Managua, Nicaragua, where people reportedly paid between $48,000 and $150,000 to get on board. In other words, very rich Indians are chartering direct flights to Managua, Nicaragua, and from there working their way up to the States. By the way, roughly 100,000 Indian nationals have crossed the U.S.-Mexico border in just 2023. According to U.S. Border Control, more than 10 times the number in 2018. Meanwhile, short direct flights from Cuba continue to arrive in Managua, Nicaragua, 
on airlines owned by the Venezuelan government. No visa required. In fact, on social media, travel agencies in Venezuela advertise flights on an airline from Havana to Managua for around 1500 bucks, as well as all-inclusive packages for four grand, including services such as transport directly to Mexico, with meals, lodging, and even assistance to navigate through U.S. Customs and Border Control. They even help the illegals navigate through the U.S. Customs and Border Protection's CBP-1 app, used by migrants, among other things, to make appointments to apply for asylum. And of course, they prep you for the questions and tell you exactly how to answer them. In other words, airline companies in Cuba, Venezuela, Haiti, etc. are working with and facilitating the coyotes on land, the cartels. And again, as long as the illegal immigrants keep moving, the border stations in Latin American countries will wave them right on through. They make it very clear they don't want the migrants to apply for asylum in their country. They want them to go right through to the United States, which they all want to do. That's the point. By the way, speaking of political asylum, we've all been hearing a lot about that lately, right? When illegals try to get through the border or get caught, if they claim political asylum or asylum from gang violence, they're almost guaranteed to have a free pass in. They're almost never deported. So what about it? Well, if you listen to the Tucker Carlson, Eric Weinstein interview, you'll see Dr. Weinstein talking about that. He said they interviewed a ton of people at the camps. They were allowed to walk around in it, and every single one of them said they were leaving their country for economic reasons, for better economic opportunities than their country offered. He said not one person said they were leaving for political asylum. Yet that reason tops the list once they hit the border and have a sit-down interview with immigration. Yep, they've been trained by the coyotes and apps on their cell phones. Meanwhile, and I'm looking at an article from February 2nd, just a couple days ago, right? Here's the title. It says, 75% of House Democrats voted against deporting criminal migrants who committed Social Security fraud. Man, I'm telling you, the U.S. is lost. It's in the shitter. If you haven't got a plan B going by now or aren't thinking you got to get the hell out of Dodge, you are lost. Like my grandma always said, you make your own luck and you get the life you deserve. You certainly get the politicians you deserve because you dumb f- voted them in. So, in other words, 75% of Democrats voted to let illegals steal identities of Americans and raid Social Security. Obviously, most Democrats would rather protect illegal aliens than senior citizens. And yet, shit for brains Americans keep voting them in. Then again, I can't believe people still live in California either. Which begs the question, why do you keep voting for these assholes and why do people keep saying, yeah, we have our problems, but we're number one. We're still the greatest country in the world. However, if you look at the statistics, the U.S. isn't number one in anything to brag about anymore. They're number one in mental illness, healthcare costs, personal and national debt, military expenditures, math and reading illiteracy, diabetes, heart disease, prescription pill popping, and obesity. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here's an update. Oops, we lost the crown. Slipped to third place behind Canada and Mexico in obesity. Oh, well. So, need I ask again? How's that plan B coming? Oh, I almost forgot. One more thing about those Chinese migrant camps. Now, you might think, and if there's any lamestream media reporting on this at all, they'll say that people are trying to escape the rigid, inflexible, communist, totalitarian Chinese state. Who can blame them, right? Well, Dr. Eric Weinstein, who was there, has a completely different hypothesis. He says every one of the people in the Chinese camp, except for one or two ladies, 
were young males of military age. No kids, no old people, only young, 20-something, physically fit, military-aged males. Conclusion, something's fishy, something stinks about that. Which is why I'm advising everyone to have a look at that Tucker Carlson episode with Professor Eric Weinstein. Just go to YouTube. It's the Tucker Carlson episode that came out on February 2nd. It's called The Darien Gap. It'll scare the hell out of you. And if somehow you can't find it, send me an email, thexpedfiles at gmail.com, and I'll send you the link. All right, moving on. On the lighter side, Mr. B from Mexico writes and says, Hey, Johnny, I sent a link to my friends with the most recent show. You speaking about recent local anti-gringo protest gatherings in Oaxaca, Mexico. And an old buddy of mine in Alaska wrote back to say he wished you'd learn how to pronounce Oaxaca correctly. He says, my overly critical wife said the same thing about you. He says that word is of indigenous origin, so it defies Spanish pronunciation rules, as do many of the towns here in Mexico. About 15 recognized languages in this mountain-torn state, so lots of gringos are guilty of screwing up the pronunciation. That said, today I'm going to ask you to be patient. I'm going to learn you. So here it be phonetically. Wa-ha-ka. W-A-H-H-A-K-A. All three syllables sound the same. Wa-ha-ka. He says, don't take it to heart, Johnny. You're not a lingual dunce, bud. That's a moniker I sadly bear myself. Signed, longtime listener Bob G from Oaxaca. I mean, Oaxaca. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, here's the thing Oaxaca, the word starts with an O. It has an X and some cacas in it, too. Seriously, are you trying to tell me a word that starts with an O and has an X in the middle of it is pronounced Oaxaca? Come on, which idiot gringo or post Colombian linguist decided to spell it that way for Cortez and his conquistadores? Because, obviously, all of the indigenous languages in Central and South America have their own alphabet. What idiot linguist fool decided to translate it that way, completely unphonetically? Well, better not to ask, because there are tons of words in the 25 Guatemalan indigenous languages and the indigenous languages in El Salvador, etc. Also, spelled with letters that make no sense at all or are completely silent. Like, for example, the city of Chela in Guatemala. Pretty big city, too. Now, how would you spell it? Chela, maybe C-H-L-A, or even C-H-E-L-A? Nope, some official linguist fool who made the first translation into our alphabet decided to spell it with an X, not with a C or a C-H, like maybe 99% of the normal population of the English and Spanish-speaking world might spell it. Still, we end up with X-E-L-A, pronounced Chela with not a C or an H to be found. Which, by the way, Mr. B, is why so many gringos and expats completely massacre indigenous names whilst down here in Central and South America. Of course, how would we know? We're just using the rules of phonetic logic. But then again, whoever said the world makes sense? Though luckily, most of the time, it does. Sorta. By the way, Mr. B sent me a nice local birthday party photo with some campesino folks who he says are very nice people in his neighborhood. He's got a picture here of a little seven-year-old girl named Natasha who thinks he says, I'm some kind of a god and has a big crush on me. He says it's going to be ugly when she grows a little older and finds out the truth. Heroes and false gods die hard. 
So then why am I bringing this up? Why does it matter? Because it brought to mind a little incident that happened with me maybe a year and a half ago. I was at a house party myself, a barbecue for a quince años, whatever it was. And a little Latina girl, probably five or six, maybe seven. She sat on the sofa next to me and started showing me her dolls and her toys and all that. She just wouldn't leave me alone. Was cute and everything, but even when I got up to go to the bathroom or the kitchen or to my car, she'd follow me. Quiet as a mouse, too. She didn't say a word. And when the dinner was served and we had the cake, she had to sit right next to me, too. I remember her name was Lucia. Anyway, a couple hours later, the time came. I had to leave. I walked out the front door. There were people out in the yard, you know, mulling around the cars and stuff. I looked up and the little girl on the porch was crying. She gave me a little wave and kept crying. She wasn't vocal about it. She wasn't whining. I could just see she was upset and crying. Anyway, her mom was standing about five feet from me, and I walked over and I said, what's wrong with her? Why is she crying? She said, crying, get this, because I didn't kiss her goodbye. I said, really? She said, yeah, go give her a kiss goodbye. So I walked up on the porch, gave her a little kiss goodbye. She went for the lips, but I avoided that. She stopped crying and all was well. And when I got in my car, I was thinking, if that would happen to someone, a guy like me, at a party up in the United States, it could be taken by any woke fool in the crowd as a very serious breach of etiquette. You know, a stranger at a party. I was a stranger in a sense. I was never there before. And the girl I'd never met before, never met her mom either. Met her dad once or twice, but that was about it. Anyway, you could see if someone would have snapped a foolish picture and put it up on the internet. You know, a fake book or a dick-cock moment, as so many fools like to do, along with every dessert they've ever eaten. You know, first-world wokesters could misconstrue a picture like that any way they want. But down here in Latin America, since woke is not at all an issue, it would just be impossible to think along those lines. So again, I ask that well-worn phrase, how's your plan be coming? The moral of that story, of course, is you gringos and expats coming down here to Latin America, your gringo advantage is so strong, especially off the gringo tourist trail, you will collect admirers, some of them as young as four, five, six years old. Our Mr. B in Oaxaca, I mean Oaxaca, will testify to that. Oh, and one last thing. Remember a couple of shows ago we were talking about the probability of getting your car stolen here in Latin America and prevention techniques. A listener asked, is it worth it to get a low jack? I know those things have a monthly fee and all that. Well, you know about those Apple AirTags. If you've got an iPhone of any kind, you can buy these Apple AirTags on Amazon. I think they're like 20 bucks each. You hide one of those little things in your car. I mean, really hide it. And if someone ever does swipe your car, you can locate it anywhere it is in the world. By the way, if you go on Amazon, you'll find the same kind of little AirTag clones for Samsung phones or any Android phone. Just a tiny little thing, smaller than a key fob. Hide it in your car, and they say the battery lasts a year or two. So that's one option, just in case you're worried about theft. That way, if your car ever does get stolen, you could just drive down to the local police station. Tell them you've got a tracking device in your car. Hop along with him in a cop car and go for it. By the way, if the cop's too lazy and doesn't seem willing, give him 20 bucks for gas, he'll take you anywhere. No joke. I'm serious. 
You've been listening to The Expat Files, living in Latin America. If you need some help with your own Plan B, we can schedule a one-on-one phone or Skype consult. Just send me an email, theexpatfiles at gmail.com. And if you want to get on the waiting list for my next week-long expat insider seminar in Central America, where you're guaranteed to get a two- to five-year head start on your Plan B, send me an email, theexpatfiles at gmail.com. Nos vemos.